how long have you been involved with the production? I started working with the company in the winter. So around January of this year. So how much rehearsal have you been able to do, if any, or has it just been preparation work so far? Well, it's been a lot of preparation work, but Karen is wonderful in that she uses these opportunities where we're fundraising and promoting the project to add in short uh, versions of rehearsals. So when we meet, we'll often run two or three scenes or an interaction um, and begin a discussion about the play. And we're talking about Karen Coonrod, the director here, we should say, when you say Karen. So, um, exactly. Yeah. Who have you met from the cast? Because there's five Shylocks, and I'm guessing you only interact with maybe one or two of them. Yes, because part of the cast is in Europe and part of the cast is in America, I've only had any correspondence in person with the American cast. But obviously now with technology, um, I've met the European cast via, like we're doing right now, um, on Skype. Must be very strange to meet your father on Skype. <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've met one of the Shylocks, Ned Eisenberg, who is an American actor, um, and so I had the opportunity of seeing him in person work, but in terms of the Shylock that I'll be playing opposite, our first time rehearsing together was via Skype. Rehearsing via Skype, wow. <laughs> and Francesca, who plays Lancelot, or in our production, Lancelotto, I also rehearsed with her via Skype. And that's an interesting casting, isn't it? Because first of all, normally Lancelot Gobbo, who is the servant who helps Jessica to escape, is a man. So first exactly. of all, it's a yep. woman. And secondly, there's an awful lot of lines where he is digging away at the, the Jews because he doesn't yes. like his Jewish yeah. master. But she is Jewish, isn't she, this actress? Yeah, yeah. And another thing, too, is that the bond between Lancelotto and Jessica is extremely close. And so there is another quality of it when it is two women or two women instead of a man and a woman. There is kind of like a sisterhood bond. <laughs> That's really nice. That's lovely. Because as I say, you wouldn't have got away without the help of Lancelotto, would you? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I don't know if you've spoken to Francesca yet, but her voice is like, I mean, it is so deep. It's sound, I mean, not that she sounds like a man. I don't mm. want to say that, but she has a very masculine quality to her voice, which adds another layer too, I think. Yes, well, I can see that, but it's nice that she's actually a woman and she's playing it as a woman, isn't she? Mm. Exactly. Yeah. The other completely fascinating piece of casting is your Lorenzo, Paul Sperra. Who I also have only met via Skype. Yeah. Well, that must be wonderful to conduct this, this passionate love affair by Skype. We'll come to when the play is set in a moment, actually, but... That is possibly the most interesting piece of casting of all, in a way, apart from there being five Shylocks, because Paul is actually Jewish and he is playing one of the most probably anti-Semitic young men in the play, in a way, in that he's dying to get you away from your Jewish father and your Jewish faith and marry and make you into a Christian. Yeah, yeah. His mother is Jewish. His father is not, I guess. Mm. Still makes it interesting, though, doesn't it? It's, it's, a, bit, it's a bit different, to say the least. It makes it very interesting and, and very different, especially because there is this 
converting that happens as well. And him being a Jewish actor um, adds another layer to that, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. And how how has it been courting him on Skype then? <laughs> um, well, I actually auditioned with him on Skype, and <laughs> it's one of those moments where it's like. <laughs> like a long distance relationship <laughs> which in many ways Lorenzo and Jessica have a certain quality of the the complications of a long distance relationship I guess are very similar to the complications of feeling very distant from each other and trying to find a closeness and an intimacy that um, is kept apart and obviously in the play by religion and for us in this moment it's by time zone you know well Yes, I mean, it would be all looking out, yearningly out of windows at Lorenzo, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly, waiting yeah. for him to come, waiting for him to call kind of thing. Yes, yeah. Th that does bring me to when exactly is the production set then? I mean, I got some impression that it wasn't necessarily set in the 16th century. Well, I think that Karin, the director, doesn't want to stray too far away from making it contemporary, um, that it is a play that has is very relevant in contemporary times. And I believe, I haven't seen the costumes yet, but I believe the costumes are going to be contemporary in that we're not going to be wearing huge bustly skirts. And the costume designer, um, I think, is going to do it in a contemporary style, lightweight, obviously, because it's extremely hot in Venice in the summer. Um, and so wearing a lot of clothing would be somewhat of a constraint in that humidity and heat. So I would say that there is a, a contemporary version that we are attempting to, I think, do. And I think that the director is also interested in um, not only this moment, how the play is relevant, but how it uh, pertains to the future and what is to come um, and where these characters go from this moment on. So the play ends with a moment of uh, Jessica sort of emerging from the play into the audience. And so there is, I believe, a level of how does this person now enter our society? So you as the audience in this moment, how do you relate to this? How do we relate to you? Yeah, well, that that sounds like a fantastic idea. I mean, you've got to have that connection if you're going to do it in, in Venice. In and especially mm. at this time with the anniversary, it's unbelievably relevant, right? And so right now it's bringing a lot of attention to this part of the world, but hopefully um, it can also bring attention to all parts of the world, you know, at this moment as well. Yeah. So how are you actually preparing, apart from meeting uh, other actors on Skype, uh, for, <laughs> for this role, which is so special because you are a Jewish performer? Yeah, it's extremely special. I, you know, I have family who escaped the war in Europe and survived. I have family who survived the war as well. So, and family who survived the war um, and who were in the Holocaust and in the Auschwitz concentration camp. And um, for me to, to have the opportunity to play Jewish role, Shakespeare writes for a woman that is extremely special. And then not only that, but to have the opportunity to portray this role in Europe, um, where most of my family immigrated from, is very near and dear to my heart, and uh, to my for my family as well, and what that means for me as a young woman, and especially in contemporary theater, 
Um, it's not often that Jewish roles are written for women. So it's, I, I feel very grateful for this opportunity. Have you been to Venice yet at all? I've never been to Venice in my life, and I cannot wait. <laughs> so you're going to have quite a, a few weeks of preparation there, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, most of the rehearsal that we are doing for the play is in Venice. So what we've done in America is just a, a taste and bits and pieces of what will be way more um, intense. And is it just in one place? I mean, are you setting up the stage in one square or will it be a sort of promenade performance where we get to follow you around? I believe the audience will be stationary. Um, and if anybody is moving to other places in within the ghetto, um, it will be the actors. So I believe that you know, all of this obviously requires permission and I would imagine permits and that kind of thing. But I believe that the director wants, you know, a musician to be atop a temple playing a trumpet and in a dream world to have Jessica actually emerge from a window to climb down the building, which I don't know <laughs> how that will work, but I'm game for anything. And then, of course, the moment at the end, which I'm sure we're still piecing together, where I actually run the entire perimeter of the ghetto. You are supposed to do that? Gonna... Yeah, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm training. I've been running <laughs> around Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> trying to work out how we're going to see you do it then, because um, we'll be stuck in this square and you'll be running. Yeah, I mean, the director of the production is, is if, if you hear her talk, she's exhilarating to listen to, mm. and she's so passionate about this project, and... She really does, in these first few rehearsals, attempt to convey what it is she sees in her mind so that you can almost imagine, without ever stepping foot in the ghetto, what it will feel like and look like for her. So that, who knows when we get there what it will actually be like, but there is a part of it that I can um, emotionally understand from it when she does try to talk through what will what will actually happen. Okay, so you've given me a tantalising glimpse of... I, I, I fully understand Jessica coming out of the window because you're supposed to do that, so health and safety at work, we hope, permitting, we hope you will do that. But, um, yeah... <laughs> it would be fun. Yeah, but the, the running round, that's something you're going to do to get to Belmont then, presumably, or...? Uh, or... Well, I, I can read you the stage directions that we have, which ah. is that Jessica emerges from the group and looks at the Venetians, looks at her father, runs around them all, looks again and walks into the audience. Lanchilato watches her and follows into a different part of the audience. They sit. So there is um, this, I think it's, it's less of where exactly Jessica is going, but what she's taking with her. And um, that is to say what she's taking into the future, to what we would think of as our world. So we don't really know whether she and Lorenzo are destined for a happy marriage then? I don't think so. And that's, <laughs> that's very much a question that, I've, that I think about daily. Yeah. And um, I wonder in a contemporary time if they would last. And what about your relationship with your father? So do you, do you have any feeling? How have you researched that? How have you thought about that? 
Well, I think, you know, there is this sense um, that Jessica resents her father and holds a lot of contempt towards him. And, you know, the director and I have talked a lot about how she wants to sort of break through the walls that she feels like he's put in front of her. But I, I do, as an actress and as a Jewish actress, I do want to um, investigate that love for my father and um, and how I I do love him and I do look up to him. And as any person has a complicated relationship towards their father, there's also the part that um, is longing for love and longing for a real connection. And even in these beginning stages of rehearsal, listening to the ways that the other characters in the show talk about my father, though I may not be in the scene, as Michelle, the actress, listening to the ways that they talk to him, the ways they talk about him, it it's difficult for me, as a Jewish person as well, to hear um, the way he's treated in the play. And I wonder how Jessica would respond to that. And I wonder how Jessica would empathize with her father, who is very much searching to be accepted and searching to be understood and heard the same way that she is as well. You know, that perhaps they are more similar than she as a 16-year-old girl would ever understand. Yes, well, that's a really wonderful answer. And then there is just, of course, we, the, the awful reports of what you're doing with his money as you go on a sort of spending spree with, with Lorenzo and, and give your mother's ring for a monkey. That's that incredibly key moment that we never see, but we just see Charlotte's reaction to. So that You have to take all that in too, don't you? Exactly. And I think that there's a lot that Jessica is not prepared for and a lot of consequence that she did not expect. And so I'm interested in how her rash decisions to be, you know, because the director talks a lot about feeling like an outsider and how her rash decisions have made her feel maybe more of an outsider in society than she felt in her own home. Yeah, well, I'm sure that's absolutely right, and maybe that's why she defiantly goes on that spending spree. She's got something to prove to herself. Exactly, exactly. And, and I, Lorenzo. you know, I've been thinking a lot about, um, and this is just a very recent thought about her fear of being damned, because Lancelotta says you are damned, mm. how she actually deals with literally probably some anxiety, and she really does believe that she might go to hell with <laughs> this. <laughs> that she really does start to believe like, you know, as a, as a, it's like as a teenager, you, you act wildly and then all of a sudden you have to deal with the consequences and you're like, oh, I really am in trouble. <laughs> yeah, again, wonderful answer. I wish you luck when you finally do get to rehearse with, with your father and in the flesh and your fiance and your, yes, and your yes. confidant. <laughs> Thank you so much for spending time with me this evening. Thank you so much, Judy.